0: Anyways, this service uh, is just a little bit different today. It's our fifth Sunday. And so um, we do things just a little bit different on fifth Sundays. Um, we like to hear from all the pastors on fifth Sundays. And um, so this 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 Sunday, uh, the scripture, which, what is the song? Psalm 148. So it's based on Psalm 148. And just like that reading that we just had, um, it's all about praising God. And so um, we're going to hear from the pastors this morning. We have a question that we've asked, actually two questions that we've asked um, each of the pastors. And um, Weezy's going to come up first. And so, um, Wheezy, the question that we had is, what happens whenever um, we... What happens in circumstances whenever you're called on to praise God in the middle of a a tough circumstance? What happens? And then what happens whenever you praise him anyways?
1: Thank you. Um, So for me, I I think about the parable of the sower that Jesus told where the farmer went out and scattered seed and some of it fell on the, the rocks and the birds came and took it. And some of it fell in shallow soil, and it grew really good until there was a trial, and then it died because it didn't have any deep roots. Uh, But the one that that clangs for me and says, pay attention, this is you, is the seed that fell on good soil and came up, but then it got choked out by weeds. And Jesus describes that as being choked out by the worries of life and the deceitfulness of money. And so to me, the time when it's hardest to praise God is when life is just going along. And I'm busy with my stuff. Just the worries of life. You know, what am I going to fix for dinner? Where's the cat puke last night that I don't want to step in yet? You know, what's on the calendar for today? Stuff. Just stuff. Because, you know, when things get bad... I'm right on my knees before God, you know, and and thinking about him hand over fist as hard as I can go. But when things are just chugging along in a normal way, I kind of get zoned off into sleep. You know, I'm just doing life. And I have this horrible picture in my mind of lying on my deathbed and realizing, okay, you've got two hours, they're going to unplug it, you know. And thinking to myself, oh no, I was supposed to be abiding with love. I was supposed to be paying attention to God all this time, and I forgot. I didn't turn my back on God. I just forgot. I got distracted. So that's a time when it's hard for me to praise God is when I'm just not paying attention. And Jesus says that's the the daily worries of life. But he also says there's the deceitfulness of wealth. And to me, those go hand in hand, as as Jesus put them hand in hand, because the deceitfulness of wealth means that I'm supposed to somehow get some money to fix whatever is going on in life, day by day. Just the life's life's just stuff that happens. I'm supposed to do something about it. I'm supposed to take care of it. I'm supposed to fix it. I'm supposed to plan it. I'm supposed to have goals about it. I'm supposed to get there. I'm supposed to you know, all the stuff you're supposed to do, all those resolutions you're going to make tonight. Taking care of life. And then the deceitfulness of wealth, thinking that, you know, if I had some more money, I could take care of life. And it turns out that's, that's a trick. What is it that, that Jesus was planning on was for me to grow in good soil and put down deep roots and thrive in him. I wasn't supposed to pay attention to the weeds at all. i was supposed to be paying attention to God. So that's how praising God becomes difficult for me, as I just forget. It's like i become a chimp with clothes on again and forget that I'm actually a spiritual being here on earth. So what, is, what happens when I manage to praise God anyway? Well, some of you, God feeds your spirit through song. Some of you, God feeds your spirit through raising kids. Some of you, God feeds your spirit in all kinds of different ways. For me, he's, he feeds my spirit through beauty. He shows me something beautiful, and I've just come to life again. And so that, for me, is what happens when I manage to praise God anyway is I get in touch with his beauty, his amazing goodness. I think about his his laws and how fabulous it would be if we obeyed three of them. You know, and just how wonderful he is, how good he is, how nourishing it is to think about him. I and even at times when my heart is flat, you know how when you kind of get depressed and it's like you can't take an interest in anything, even the smell of bacon in the kitchen. You're like, ah later. You know, there's just nothing left. I was, I was that way one time. I was driving in a, a snowstorm to go see a client back when I was a counselor and, and I had pulled off into the parking lot and was waiting for the client to show up and it was just sunset but it was a gray dull day. It was one, wasn't much of a sunset. And I'm sitting there in the car <clears throat> and I notice on my windshield there's a raindrop And it's just at the right angle between the sun and the raindrop and me that I can move my head just a little bit and get the whole prism of all the colors. You know, have you ever had that happen? You know, are you playing with a with a glass of water or something and you get the whole prism? I just sat there for like a half an hour just just going like that and thinking, Wow, God, what you put in a raindrop and it fed me and I was suddenly alive again and i'm not just alive to do life's eh but alive in god you know i could have he could have zapped me dead at that minute and i'd have been fine with it you know <laughs> not for being tired like eric's always joking about but but because i had stepped into god's beauty and that's what happens for me when i'm able to praise no matter what thank you
0: We have Eric coming up. Eric, again, um, what happens in the middle of a circumstance whenever you're having a troubled circumstance? Um, How is it, how hard is it to praise the Lord? And then what happens whenever you go ahead and praise him anyways?
2: All right, we are, yeah, we're there. <laughs> All right, so anyway, welcome again to everybody that's here, everybody online. Uh, hard to believe it's the uh, end of 2023. Um, I don't know about you, for me, years go fast, but days go slow. Um, I don't know if time's going faster or I'm going slower, but the net difference is the same, and uh, you know, it's interesting, when we talked about getting ready for this fifth Sunday, and, and um, it's kind of cool, because we have to sort of be honest with ourselves, you know, and reflect, and um, when I was thinking about when is it difficult to praise God, and for me, the biggest time I struggle is when um, I see something terrible happen to a young person, And, and I don't, yeah, the macro side of things, yeah, I mean, I hate to see what's going on, for instance, in Gaza right now, or Ukraine or, or, you know, other things that go on, natural disasters and stuff like that. But what really gets me is when I see it in the micro scale. Um, I can remember a couple of decades ago, we had a church swim party and uh, a four-year-old girl, Margaret, died, drowned in the pool. And uh, even though there was an entire group of people there, there was people there that when she was missing, people looked in the pool, but nobody saw her. Um, and um, the first thing that came to me wasn't praise. It didn't feel like, wow, God, you're great. It just wasn't where I went, you know, and um, later on at a a different church we had, we had a a four-year-old die of a brain tumor, and uh, just like this church, I mean, the church took it on. You know, I mean, we were making meals, providing babysitting for the other kids. I mean, it was a church thing, you know, and, and the child still died. And um, praise isn't what came into my heart. I didn't think, wow, God, you're great. It just wasn't came to my heart. And as you all remember, um, a few months ago, a friend of mine, John, lost his six-year-old to the flu. Beautiful little girl, loved the Lord, loved to go to church, died of the flu. Um, and praise wasn't what came into my heart. It's like you've got this just vibrant little girl, boom, dead. So, um, yeah, we talked about music, um, and music to me is is a tonic for the soul. Um, I've shared it many times. I love to sing. I know those around me don't appreciate it, but um, I think of, uh, there's a song, Praise You in the Storm by Casting Crowns, um, and uh yeah. I can praise you in the storm. I can, when things aren't going great, I can praise you. And um, you know, one thing I won't do, and I and I, I see this is um, I don't make excuses for God. And what I mean by that is that I don't try to come up with some good reason why it happened. And I see people do that. Well, God took her because He knew something worse was coming along, and He wanted to save her from that. Or the one I really hate. I mean, I really hate to hear this when someone goes, well, God needs little people in heaven, not just us old folks. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, we don't have to make excuses for God. God does what God does because God is God. And so for me, when I find it difficult to praise God, the first thing I do is surrender. I literally just get on my face and recognize that God is God. I mean, he brought light to the earth before stars existed, right? That's how everything starts, right? The light, right? He put up that tapestry we see at night, right? Billions of stars and nature. You look at the wonders of the world around us, the creation. He knit every one of us in our mother's womb to be the exact person that we are. Everything we are right now today, He created knowingly in the beginning. What's not to praise? What's not to worship? Um, it's, those who remember Sean Salloway, He had a, a T-shirt, it's one of my favorites. That there's, it said on there's two things I know: one, there is a God; two, you ain't it. Huh. <laughs> you know. And really, and that's kind of it, right? When something terrible happens like that and we try to make it work in our minds, we don't need to. God is God. We have to surrender. We have to accept that he knows more than we do by bunches. And so we praise him anyway. You know, we're like, and you know, and it's, it's fine to say, God, I don't get this. I don't understand this, but I trust that you are good. I know that you love us, and there's something about what happened that is good and right. And I don't have to understand it. I don't have to know that. I just have to accept it and praise you anyway. There's a, a song. Um, well, first of all, let me, uh, uh, the, um, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Uh, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Right? He thinks way beyond anything we're capable of. And that's okay. Um, If you can wrap your arms completely around God, you have too small a God. Um, There's a song that Mercy Me does. It's called, um, Who Am I Not to Worship You? Right. Um, It's a great song. Yeah. Who am I not to worship you? Everything you've done. And even if I don't get it, who am I not to worship you? Um, And so really, that's that's how I look when I when I find something that happens that I I really struggle where praise is not the first thing that comes across my tongue. I surrender. I humbly accept God for who he is um, and and let things be as they are. So thanks. (laughs)
0: Sure. So, Millie, we um, were thinking of um, people that we could ask to just kind of give their perspective on this, and we thought that it would be awesome to hear from you. Um, So the question is, um, what happens in the middle of a circumstance whenever (coughs) it is hard to praise God? when, when it's hard to praise him, it's hard to see him in that circumstance, and then what happens whenever um, you go ahead and praise him anyways?
3: Okay, I can really think of a lot of times where there have been hard circumstances to praise God. Um, I know that I wanted to, and yet I felt kind of blank at the time. And, of course, where I live, you see a lot of, people going out and not coming back to the home and uh, you see people so sick and then you see them actually going from coming in and doing okay to going downhill which is just part of our age and it happens. But to watch it is really hard. Um, I think some of the hardest times I have though praising him is It's really kind of odd. It's when I wake up in the morning and I take a lot of medication and some of it's pretty heavy. And so when I wake up in the morning, I just kind of (laughs) feel frightened. You know, I feel nervous or I feel like I'm gonna tremble a little bit. And um, then I get my coffee and try to get my head together and take my medicine. But then I do my devotions And I think it's hard to um, probably try to get into them. You know, I start reading them, and it's just like reading. But then as I go along, I can feel the Holy Spirit calming me down. And um, that helps me a lot. I mean, it's like Just a quiet time comes across me. And uh, I feel closer to God. I can feel the Holy Spirit. And um, so when it's difficult, that's what I try to do.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. And the rest of it is what?
0: Yeah, what happens whenever you praise him anyways? Okay.
3: yeah. Yeah, I guess I kind of answered you that. Did, that's right. Well, I thought when I was asked if I wanted to come up here, it was just like a one sentence. Oh. <laughs> you know? wow. And then I heard right, you I people guess. speak, and I'm no. like, i sitting no. back there getting more and more nervous.
0: Yeah, there's, <laughs> no, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no, no length no, of that's the true. answer that's so true. So oh, okay, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so um, I guess I'm included in this this morning. And... Um, I've thought of situations, you know, growing up in a Christian family and a family that sings. Um, praising God is kind of second nature. And um, so I'm thankful, first of all, that I was I was raised in a family where it doesn't matter the circumstance. You just praise God anyways. That was just something that, that we do. But I think back to um, one particular circumstance where I had to really dig deep. Um, to praise God, my, my daughter had broken her arm. She was on the playground at school, and um, she broke her arm. She was in third grade, and we took her to the emergency room, and um, they decided to put a hard cast on her arm and send her home. And the next morning, she couldn't feel her fingers. And so I took her back into the hospital, and... What I didn't realize was that was a long, drawn out process that was gonna cost us, that was gonna cost us probably almost $200,000 in medical bills and um, be a process of about six surgeries that she would have to be have done on her arm. Um, And one of them was a skin graft that they took from her from her leg. But, um, I remember back to that situation and, you know, I was sitting there whenever she was having that first surgery done um, after they had taken her in, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to put on some worship music, just have time with me in the Lord, and I'll never forget that song um, came on and it said, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won, knowing you've never failed me yet. And um, I listened to those words and I just had this moment with the Lord for about 30 minutes before um, the doctor came out. And I'll never forget the look on her face as she walked towards me and I could tell something's really bad wrong as she walked towards me. And um, I'm glad she had me sit down because I probably would have passed out. But she showed me her, my daughter's arm, and they hadn't, they hadn't been able to close it. They, it, it, was, it was blown up like it looked like a sci-fi movie, something out of a sci-fi movie. And I remember her giving me th- this, this news, and they said, we're really fighting to keep from having to cut your daughter's arm off. And so um, I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I just want you to know. Um, This is what we're fighting for. And whenever I sat there and I thought, you know, 20 minutes before the Lord had given me that song, I said, okay, God, I don't know what's gonna happen here, but I know you've given me a promise and I'm just gonna hold on to that. And um, little did I know that that was gonna be an anthem that got me through the next six months, eight months. Of our lives, just trying to get this little girl's arm to um, be back to normal. But you know, whenever I pushed through and went ahead and praised God, anyways, I noticed that a peace came over me that I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I knew somehow, some way, He was going to work it out. And it's like this peace that like the Bible describes, that passes all understanding, kind of comes over us. And I remember my husband and I just kind of look at each other like, what's next? What's going to happen? And, you know, God worked in that circumstance over and over and over again. One of the ways he worked was right before um, right before Christmas, I had put in a grievance with the hospital because I said, you know, th- this six surgeries, like this, this is not... We had no idea that this was going to happen. And so I had asked them to please examine all of our medical bills and exa- examine everything and see um, if we were going to have to pay this $200,000. And I'll never forget the, the Friday before Christmas, they called and they said, we want you to know that we're covering all those medical bills. You don't, you don't owe us anything. And not only that, we're going to cover all the future surgeries that are going to be done on her. And she had to have another another surgery done in February after that. And, and so um, they covered that. And then they said, and if she ever decides that she wants to have reconstructive surgery later on on her arm, I want you to know we're going to cover that as well. And so to this day, she has a, a scar that reaches from one end of her arm to the other end of her arm. But um, that scar, it reminds Hadassah too, whenever she looks at it. just how faithful god is because i watched god um i watched god work in her life too as she would go in for her next surgery she would be sitting out there and she'd say mom this is really scary i don't want you to leave me i don't want to go in there by myself and i said oh sweetheart remember god is with you he's going in there with you it's not just you by yourself sweetheart and so by the by the third surgery that she had um The nurse came and said, are you scared? She said, no, God's going in there with me. (laughs) So it's really amazing the way that God takes these circumstances and we're in the middle of tough circumstances and we choose to praise him anyways, the way that he shows up and he grows our faith. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. Amen. And lastly, but not least, we have Pastor Dan. (laughs) Pastor Dan, tell us. Um, what happens in circumstances whenever you praise God anyways, whenever it's
4: tough to praise Him? Yeah, for me, um, there's many, but if I had to boil it down to one of my top three, I'll give you just one of those top three. For me, what's really hard to praise Jesus is when there's relational conflict. And it's just really, really hard because for me, when I see relational conflict, it's hard for me to praise Jesus when I see particularly Christians hurt each other, and I see Christians hurt other people, and for me, that is incredibly hard for me to, in those moments, to praise Jesus, and, and you know, if, you're, if you've been a part of the church for any length of time, um, I'm, I hope I'm not sharing anything that's new, but it's rather unfortunate that some of the biggest hurts come out of the church. That sometimes the biggest pain that we carry is oftentimes the ones that were dealt with us in the church. And that has unfortunately led to so many people that I've known personally who want nothing to do with church because they've been hurt by the church or they see Christians hurting each other and, and, and when it's hard for me to praise Jesus in that moment, because how can I, I, I almost feel like I'm, a, like I'm just being disingenuous. And it's really hard for me sometimes to praise Jesus in those moments. Because I think, Jesus, why? Why do we have to hurt each other? Why do we have to say these things to one another? Why do we have to be this way towards each other? And then all of a sudden we come in, and, and all of a sudden we're just singing praises to God. And I've been here long enough. I know the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I've been here long enough. And so I find that just incredibly hard for me. Incredibly hard. Um, as, as many of you know, um, uh, you know, and I've shared this before, you know, a, a Good part of my family is not here for a variety of reasons, but I was just thinking about some of my kids that have been dealt some of the some of the hurt that has happened. If no for other reasons, because I'm I'm the the lead pastor here at Summit Ridge in leadership, and and my thinking is thank goodness my kids haven't left the church. Period. They go elsewhere if for another reason that anonymity is a is a virtue in this case for them no one knows who they are. And they get to go and just be and praise Jesus. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And so for me, relational strife is really, really hard. And yet it's perhaps in those moments when the worship of Jesus, for me at least, is most important. I want to read Psalm 148. We've talked about 148 but i don't know if we've actually read the whole thing let me just read this psalm it's only 14 verses and it's the last part of a three-part series in the psalms 148 149 150 that are all praise and let me just read for you what it says here praise the lord praise the lord from the sky praise him in the heavens praise him all his angels praise him all his heavenly assembly praise him O sun and moon "'Praise him, all you shiny stars. "'Praise him, O highest heaven, "'and you waters above the sky. "'Let them praise the name of the Lord, "'for he gave the command and they came into existence. "'He established them so they would endure. "'He issued a decree that will not be revoked. "'Praise the Lord from the earth, "'you sea creatures and all you ocean depths. "'O fire and hail, snow and clouds, "'O stormy wind that carries out his orders. "'You mountains and all you hills.'" "...you fruit trees and all you cedars, you animals and all you cattle, you creeping things and birds, you kings of the earth and all you nations, you princes and all you leaders on the earth, you young men and young women, you elderly, along with you children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name is to be exalted. His majesty extends over the earth and sky. He has made his people victorious and given all his loyal followers reason to praise." The Israelites, the people who are close to Him, praise the Lord. And as I was reading this psalm and reflecting on it, a question came to my mind: How in the world does the creepy things of the world? And I, I when I'm thinking creepy things, I'm thinking worms. I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, cockroaches. I'm thinking the really creepy things, the creepy crawly things. How in the world do they praise praise Jesus? Because if I had to go up to God and say, God. I'll be honest with you, cockroaches, mosquitoes, all those, they belong in the category of not praise, of fallen nature. And yet even here, and then even more than that, it says about the, the wind, not just any wind, but the violent wind, the strong wind, the hail, the fire. All of them praise God. And my question as I was re- reflecting on this psalm is, how in the world do these things praise God? I mean, do they all of a sudden st- you know, take time out and go, oh, God, this is for you. Right? Oh, God, this is for you. I'm going to crawl on this person as a cockroach and just scare them. Right? I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, And it got me thinking about perhaps maybe they all praise God by doing what exactly they were created to do. And it got me thinking about us and about me we as human beings were created for a specific purpose i'm a strong believer in the fact that i was created not to find my purpose but i was created because i have a purpose i was created because i have a purpose and my purpose is to praise god and the question is how do i do that Do I do that coming in every Sunday morning and singing to him? Yes, that's a big part of it. But there's even, I think, even a bigger part of it, the part where I can learn from creation. A rock doesn't take time out from being a rock to praise God. It's a rock. It does what rocks are supposed to do. The weather does what weather is supposed to do. And in doing those things, it praises God. Birds do what they do. And when they chirp and when they build nests and when they care for their young, they're doing exactly what God has created them to do. Even, I love, I love the far side. Gary Larson, you remember those cartoons, the far side cartoons? They are just fantastic, hilarious. Well, he did one in which the birds are chirping. And then he has a second frame in which what, what the interpretation is of what the birds are actually saying. The birds are actually saying, go away, leave me alone. This is my territory. Don't interfere. All this kind of stuff. Even in those moments, the birds are doing exactly what God has instructed them to do. And When I thought about, and I I came across a, a thought that someone had written about the human condition, about the human soul, and about humanity in general, is that we are the only creative beings on this earth that can actually do less what we were created to do. We can debase ourselves. The other creation can't do that. They are incapable. All right? A whale doesn't cease to be a whale when it does something that's a non-whale. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. But we as humans can do things that are not humanly when we debase ourselves and treat others in ways that are unkind, unloving, unloving in exact opposite of what Jesus has commanded us to do. And so, yes, for me, in those moments of relational strife, the one thing I need to do is not just praise, which is great. And I love what Eric shared about song for him and and Deborah for you and and for Wheezy for beauty and art and all of those things and for Millie for devotions. For me, what I need to do is the hardest thing for me to do is when, when there's relational strife and let's say someone has hurt me, is in that moment to pray, Lord Jesus, help me to love them the way you do. Help me to love that person the way that you have loved them. Help me to see that person the way that you see them, to help value that person the way that you value them. And then to actually go out and do something loving towards that person. Because that's what I think I'm created to do. I'm not created to go out and to do something unkind or untowards someone said this conflict in church is inevitable combat is optional and i think for me in that praise time it's to simply go out and love 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 in real acts of service My grandmother was phenomenal at demonstrating this for me. My grandmother um, had a room in her house that she would start Christmas shopping the day after Christmas for the following year. And she would spend all year getting gifts and would pack this room filled with all sorts of Christmas gifts. But here's the thing. That room wasn't just Christmas gifts for everybody in the family. If someone had stopped by the house... Who showed up on Christmas Day, which was not unusual, and didn't have a gift? My grandmother would make sure they got a gift. My grandmother was the kind of person where she would dispense really wonderful acts and and kind of um, sayings of wisdom. And if you'd ever walk with her, you would understand that she would be the only one to talk because the rest of us would be trying to keep up with her. She was a fast walker, and we would just be catching our breath. My my family thinks I walk fast. They know there's nothing compared to how fast my grandmother walked. But she would dispense wisdom, such as when we got complaining about something, when we were being untowards towards someone. And she turned to us and said, you know what? As bad as things are, it's better than a kick in the teeth. It's better than a kick in the teeth. So you didn't get what you wanted exactly. You got this instead. Better than a kick in the teeth. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So I vacillate between understanding of just being grateful for all that God has given me. And out of that, praising him by loving others. Particularly those who have hurt me. Because if I'm true about wanting to follow Jesus... For me, I need to understand that what has happened to me happened to Jesus first. And Jesus is my model. On that cross, when he prayed to them, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's my act of praise. Doing what I was designed to do. Loving others. And when I do that, I love God. Thank you.
0: you stand with me as we sing this one last song? This is our benediction this
5: morning. Praise God from whom
4: This morning, as we prepare to leave, uh, I just want to invite if our prayer team up here right now, and if there's anything you want prayer for, Marianne uh, will be back over by our Solomon room back there. She'd be happy to pray with anyone back there as well. We want to invite you just to come up, and we'd be happy to pray with you, happy to share joys and concerns with you. We're here, and we just want to love on you this morning. God bless you all. Have a great New Year's Eve. Go in peace.